everyone, welcome to the Beyond the Dance Floor podcast where we look at everything outside of the moves and the competitions and try to dive a little bit deeper. It's about history, mentality and connecting the dots between the dance and the other aspects of our lives. Today we talk with Jerski of Turn It Loose out of Amsterdam, Netherlands. Serving as the moderator for the IBE talk show among other things, Jerski is someone who's done a lot to promote the cultural aspects of breaking as well as get people talking and thinking about the dance that we all love. We get into his history, the Dutch breaking scene, IBE and his involvement in the talk shows, his experience using the Trivium judging system, his breaking vocational study that he helps run in the Netherlands, and more. Thanks again to Jerski for sharing his knowledge and experience, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Peace. All right, we're here with Jerski from Turn It Loose, uh, Amsterdam, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The Netherlands. Netherlands. Um, we're back with the podcast. Just uh, as a little aside, it's been a while, so thank you everyone for tuning in. And uh, we've got our first guest of the of the year of 2022. It's kind of weird saying that. Um, yeah, Yurski from the Netherlands, and I think we got a lot to talk about. I'm pretty excited to have you here. Dope, man. I'm I'm excited to be on actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um why don't we yeah just get started with a bit of like but just background of who you are and uh yeah just kind of how you got into breaking or whatever whatever you want to share with the peoples cool um yeah it's funny right all right we're here with your ski from turn it loose uh amsterdam right yeah yeah amsterdam the netherlands netherlands um we're back with the podcast, just uh, as a little aside, it's been a while. So thank you everyone for tuning in. And uh, we've got our first guest of the of the year, of 2022. It's kind of weird saying that. Um, yeah, Yurski from the Netherlands. And I think we've got a lot to talk about. I'm pretty excited to have you here. Dope, man. I'm, I'm excited to be on actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, why don't we yeah just get started with a bit of like but just background of who you are and uh yeah just kind of how you got into breaking or whatever whatever you want to share with the peoples cool um yeah it's funny right that we that we basically try to explain who we are by what we do yeah. <laughs> or what yeah. we did actually yeah. but um now nah, it's actually a while back that i started 94 I think it was 94, like um, I'm try, try, still trying to really figure out the date because I'm, I was mm -hmm. making a lot of drawings back then. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I made drawings of like b-boy characters and stuff mm -hmm. like that around 94. So I, I think I also was trying out moves around that time. I got into to it. I think there's a lot of circum circumstances that made me attracted to breaking. But I saw it because of my brother who was like into graffiti. I have an older brother. He's like two years older. <clears throat> and in the neighborhood we lived, like we, I, I'm from Amstelveen, which is like close to Amsterdam, like Amsterdam. There was like this little playground with a, a concrete wall where everybody would just like shoot their balls against or be tennis, playing tennis, stuff like that. But around those summers, like the summers, like between, let's say, 84, 
586 and stuff. A lot of like new stuff that came from the States started also, you know, coming to Europe. And uh, so there was people on skateboards, there was people, you know, messing with spray, spray paint. And so for us, it was really like when we just walked outside of our door, we are already in, in contact with that world. Mm-hmm. And it was just super exciting, you know, like the, the, the smell of paint and, and, you know, skateboards. And then my brother schooled me on, yo, we have to get an American board because we had like this really bad quality boards in the in the toy store. But then mm-hmm. he was like, no, you have to have to do good ones. And we both got into skateboarding and I did that for like 10 years. And that was pretty much like that's the type of that's how I basically um, I always found an escape in some sort of skill. So when I was young, I, I really didn't like to to socialize that much or, or to be, you know, having to, you know, all the rules of, of social behavior and being groups and stuff like that. I I was always a bit like, nah, I'd rather observe. And, mm-hmm. and because I had skills in certain things, I would be accepted as, oh, the cool kid who can do something. And yeah, yeah, you're good, you know, but and that for, for me was the best way. Then I could still kick back and be like, OK, you know. So skateboarding for me really was like an outlet. Like mm-hmm. I, I went by myself most of the time, like daily, and just was riding my board, like learning tricks. Mm-hmm. And I started with that around 87, 86. So at a, at a certain time, uh, skateboarding was very fashion orientated, I would say. Yeah. So the fashion changed and we, we were always like the outcasts. So we were always like, trying to wear stuff that nobody was wearing. So as, as soon as your MTV reps came on, on MTV, um, there was like all this new fashion coming, you know, mm-hmm. and new sound and new music and stuff like that. So that really attracted me. Um, so I think I was wearing Pumas and like these, these old school Adidas shirts before I even made break moves. And Wait, then- were you mixing this- brands? Um, yeah. <laughs> I think though, those two brands has have been mixed like a lot, a lot, like, like until this day, like yeah, yeah. I don't know. but uh, yeah, sharp. <laughs> no, no. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, it was just naturally, and mm-hmm. and and then um, a funny thing in Amsterdam, there were old school parties, sort of like old school revival kind of things, like a really small cafe where they had like slideshows with graffiti, oh, was organized cool. by a bunch of like graffiti guys mm-hmm. and they they had all these electro uh records so they would play like electro and really old school like 808 kind of you know big beats sort of hip-hop just right. to create a feeling and they would just like drink at the bar but it was the perfect environment to throw down you know mm. so i was young and i went there and i was just like okay this is the spot this is where i need to do my thing that i saw in in all the in all the movies because mm-hmm. we at, at home we had like copies of, of of course beat street wild style star wars like all these mostly graffiti orientated documentaries but i would always go to the breaking parts and you know mm-hmm. got my moves from there mm-hmm. um and then holland was slow so like mid 90s of europe was exploding or not exploding but the level was super high in mm-hmm. in if you look at germany with yeah, battle yeah. squad and if you look at England with with uh, second to none and actual force in France and you know he had he had a bunch of like just high level breakers killing yeah. it yeah at all these sort of jams you know it wasn't really competitions it was mainly just 
hip hop jams with big ciphers and those that footage would circle around. Mm -hmm. And just Holland was just mad slow. So mm -hmm. so it didn't didn't really pop off until I think 89 when when Run DMC came out with It's Like That. Mm -hmm. And we all thought it was cheesy, but then like a lot of people sort of were like, oh shit. Was it like a, some sort of just like general mentality of the people in, in Holland that they just weren't wanting to get into it as quickly or something? What do you think? What do you think contributed question. to that? Um, or do you even know? <laughs> no, it's, it's, it was, it's like, yeah. I, I remember when I started, people were sort of like, asking me like why do you even break you know because that right. was a fashion in the 80s and it's played out and and right. and you're white you know stuff like that <laughs> right, right. Yeah. and and i think also there was another factor that in the 80s in holland but i think in europe in general mm -hmm. the people that were attracted to it usually were people of color that were mm -hmm. like it didn't feel that that for the first time basically felt like yo that's me on the screen you know mm -hmm. they felt represented um and like for me it was like i was basically a bit not very attracted to dutch culture as far as there is dutch culture mm -hmm. so i was always looking for something you know else something else something different something that resonated mm -hmm. and um so for me it was totally different reasons but and i was of course very uh, move orientated so mm. yeah breaking just had it all you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it's hard to explain why we were slow i mean yeah it's, like it's, I know there's that for instance, there's a mentality in Holland that people will uh, not support anything they don't do themselves. Uh -huh. So it's not like in England you have a lot of people that are that are fans of sports and they follow everything, every game, but right. they don't play. In Holland, it's very hard to find these kind of people. Oh, really? They or do the, they 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 do the do the the discipline themselves or whatever the sports. Uh, or they're like, yeah, whatever. And then they don't even care, you know, they're not like into it. And then, uh, yeah, but that's general. I'm generalizing here, you know, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I, I wouldn't know. But I mean, no. there's still sort of like elements of cultural differences and, and uh, it's not everyone, but you know, it's like, it could be a large portion of the population relative to say, yeah, like England or whatever. So, yeah. It's not everyone, but yeah yeah culture cultural differences do exist right not true and maybe also another reason could be like like because because hip-hop always went hand in hand with certain dances right so mm -hmm. the music dictates the dance in a way right and after uh breaking was considered like played out they went to um yeah what we now call hip-hop dance but it's like the running man like like sort of kid and play uh a lot of swing beat uh kind of stuff mm -hmm. so and they would still do sort of like ground moves like jump through their legs and and do like like these 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 kicks with the legs and and donkey right, kick right, right, right. you know yeah but but it really dominated in a way so so mm -hmm. to go back to breaking felt a bit like hmm. Hmm. Um, i don't know but then you know slowly more and more hip-hop parties and, and concerts especially started mm -hmm. popping off in the 90s yeah and that was the place to to throw down you know right. so that's right. another funny thing of, of, of my personal experience with breaking is that when i started our motivation was really to do what we saw 
you know, and, and create that environment with what we had. So or go to a hip hop party or whatever and dress a certain way and, and just live that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so and I think that's a contrast to, to the new generation that really yeah. only knows breaking from watching competition clips, you mm-hmm. know, and thinking that's the main purpose and that's the main reason you train your moves. Whereas for us, it was like, mm, um, yeah. OK, competition. Right. Like like when the first competition started, we were like, like who's who's judging and who are these guys? And then they put some <laughs> old school guys that that were out of the loop, and 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 they started you know voting for people that that tried new moves but crashed. And we were like, mm. so then it was like I don't know. I remember an interview with that that Storm did where he said that that when they started doing competitions, he realized that it uh, he created more enemies in mm. a way. And he felt that was very contrary to what they were doing all the time, which was right. like just trying to find as many like-minded people as possible. Right, right. Yeah. So, and I think we had that for a bit. You know, we were like, hmm, I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's like that's maybe we'll get into that later. That's a really interesting topic, though, of like, you know, what what you are a product of, like what you grow up in, right? Or what you're totally. surrounded by or whatever so totally um but yeah we'll get into that maybe a little bit later i want to talk a little bit more about um yeah just like the holland scene we were kind of getting into it of like mm-hmm. europe scene was really picking up or there was a lot of strong crews out there but holland was kind of lagging behind but yeah. uh it, it didn't take picked long up, right yeah it didn't take long because in that time, what happened is that a lot of people that were high level in the 80s, as soon as they found out, yo, they're, they're going again, mm-hmm. they bam, they were back like right. that. And then especially in a city like Rotterdam, mm-hmm. there was like a lot of guys that were still like super fit. Mm-hmm. And they they went to work. They just, you know, rented rooms, even at the DJs in their training spot. And then they would like have sessions every weekend. Mm-hmm. And we would travel to other cities to go to those sessions. And mm. it was like, there was people were just so, how do you call it? Hype that it was back. Mm-hmm. And then they just, you know, started finding everybody who still, who, from who they knew they had skills back in the days. Right. And a lot of those people lasted for a long time. Like we still have now people like Carlos, who was like Carlos Rocha, he's like an 80s B-boy, but he got activated again and he never left. Like he's mm. now like, still judging, still doing his thing, you know, right. DJing. And and that's, for me, that's one of the dopest things to see, that like an older generation gets a function again and just, you know, uh, the lineage is there. Right, yeah. So, and then you also saw there was like differences in, in cities. So, so the way Rotterdam was high level with power, you know, and just like, and they, they would scream at each other, like, go, 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 you know, and, 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 and like push each other the whole time. Like for yeah. them, that was like the main core of breaking, just, you know, yeah, yeah. spin as fast and as long and uh, as possible. And then in, in in Amsterdam, we had some sort of more like an intellectual approach where we would really look at, yo, what's what's Amigo doing of flying steps with all those threats? And and and, and what's uh, Emilio doing with, that, with those back rocks? And we would analyze those things and, and pretzels and whatever and come with like these new sort of 90s footwork techniques. Mm-hmm. And then Rotterdam was like, yo, what the fuck is that? I've never saw that. Like, like yo, what right. kind of breaking is that that you guys yeah. do? Yeah, yeah. And, and so it was like 
it was a nice exchange mm. you know yeah but uh, that's uh, another thing too that's sort of a lot of people mention this but you know with the advent of the the internet and and especially youtube like that that sort of like regional styles and stuff has really it's not completely gone but it's like people have what's the word like become very similar in a lot of ways yeah there's individual things or like regional things that are still there but um that difference is like less pronounced yeah. less obvious yeah and i mean it's you know there's there's pros and cons to every situation but i do no totally totally that. totally i remember when when i thought it was very weird that people danced like koreans yeah and it was because of they had you know that food is yeah, yeah, what? Yeah. how how did that happen and then like we had swift rock in amsterdam once do a, a workshop and and he explained like how they would basically go to the movies watch the movie try to remember the moves yeah and the same with battles so if they would would be be you know facing a crew and they would do some like dope moves they would try and remember those moves mm -hmm. learn them to 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 you know up them a little bit and and, mm -hmm. and throw them back at them the next time they saw them yeah and then he said most of the time we were training something else because we didn't yeah. really see what he did yeah you know yeah so that of course i mean that's, that's being nostalgic but that of course is is lost yeah but i mean in a lot of ways like people are doing they're doing the same thing it's just the technology that's available is different right because totally. like, you would see something or you'd see a video or like a vhs or something and like i know when i was starting i started maybe a little bit after you but quite a bit after you but i was still around when like vhs and kind of dvds were there and yeah. I would get, I would buy one and I would save up like, they were like $50 for mm. one DVD or one VHS, which was like 30 minutes long or something. Yeah, and uh, I would get it and I would just watch it over and over and over yeah. again. Yeah. But now like, you know, technology is different, but people are kind of still doing the same thing. It's just the access to it is so much easier and so totally. much more widespread. Yeah. So you know, like the skill level has gone like way up. It's so crazy now. Yeah. But I, yeah, like that, that kind of thing of like really distinct original styles is less pronounced, I think. Yeah. But yeah. also like, I think um, the people that we saw on those tapes, mm. like at a certain moment, they just, because, because they were the reference almost to everyone, mm. it connected us, right? right so we all knew like that video and that part and then we would just see if somebody was like on the same like wavelength mm -hmm. to see if they also appreciated those little details because we knew the details like by heart like we yeah. knew I, like for instance the swift rock video it has like a seed as a star from stevie wonder right right i searched for that song like till i found it and i just love that song but if it is it a b-boy song hell no <laughs> right you know? but yeah. because you see swift rock breaking to to that song and you yeah. see that yeah. part over and over again you start really appreciating the music yeah you know yeah. that's another thing that happens because of you know looking something re-watching something so many times mm -hmm. i think eye for detail and a sort of hunger for for knowledge because it isn't really like there's it's, it's just so scarce mm. that you um 
you know you want to know the names and blah blah yeah, blah yeah, you're, yeah. you're more you're more in a research sort of mindset like i tell people i have vhs collections um that i taped myself and there are they're full of like uh, music videos with small parts of breaking oh, really? uh, <laughs> kung fu movies where like there was certain ground moves uh gymnastics like the ground uh exercises mm-hmm. um like the weirdest things there was there's even this this um what is it aerobic sort of dance where they like they smile the whole time and they do these high kicks and then they do turtle <laughs> shit and it's the I'm worst sorry, I ever <laughs> i don't know like it's it's like a discipline right where they do some okay. sort of like high power gymnastics on 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 some weird sound effects and they go ka, ka. <laughs> but they do a lot of like like turtle kind of balance shit and i would just record it to understand what they were doing you know like yeah but like sometimes sometimes the coolest stuff comes from the weirdest places like totally yeah like i one of my my crewmates like he he comes he gets inspiration from like the strangest places like you know just some random like uh advertisement for like a, i've said this a few times i think it's like a golfer in this weird position where they were like examining the putting green and they were like in this right. weird kind of like position and he made a like weird stupid freeze thing out of that and Whoa. it worked but it's Whoa. like you, that's not that's not even close to breaking or it's like kind of but not really you well know. if you ask Paul one it's the essence for him of breaking yeah yeah getting into character and visualizing certain yeah, exactly. things and and it's also like like another thing that makes me think of this is like i made a lot of drawings mm-hmm. So like if you freeze frame a certain move, mm-hmm. then you always look for what's the what's the dopest position, you know, within right. footwork or for instance, when you, let's say like a basic, like you go from a, 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 a six step to a windmill, right? But mm-hmm. you use the elbow like like uh, like crazy legs. Mm-hmm. So then there's this one whip whipping leg in the back that makes like your hips twist in before you, you give you the, the wind up. Okay. And that will be the picture for me, for instance. And I would oh, draw okay. I see, I see. during during class, you know, because you already see the momentum that's coming and like, ah, and a little hook of the leg. Right. And then maybe because of making pictures the whole time or drawing certain pictures the whole time, you want to dance like that also. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that teach workshops like that. Like yeah. I think Flea would always say, like, make sure that every position you're in is like a picture. Yeah. You know, yeah. and process yeah. the same. Yeah. And this makes so much sense, you know? Yeah, I heard that too. And and yeah, so I think it comes from that sort of, uh, you try and capture certain stuff mm-hmm. that, that really attracts you, like visually. Yeah. And then, yeah, you make pictures of it in your head and in your mind. And... Yeah. But that's like a good I... example too of, of uh, seeing, like, you know, if you see a windmill and you see it in motion, it looks like something completely different rather than if you freeze it at, at a certain frame yeah yeah right it's like looking at it from a it's different backspin right? and windmills are the worst <laughs> yeah but I, <laughs> true but what I, what i mean is like it can allow you to look at something from a different angle or from a perspective that you never looked at and that's where like if we're talking about like creativity and stuff that's where a lot of stuff comes from it's like yeah you never would have looked at this or if someone hadn't done something, you never would have thought of this idea or whatever. You never would have seen it from a certain way or whatever. And it, yeah. it forces new ideas to get into your head. Right. And yeah. that's like kind of the, uh, you know, 
part of the advantage of of people who travel and they go and see things like uh save it for breaking you get exposed to new ideas it's why youtube like has made the skill level like just blow up out of like crazy because you're getting exposed yeah. to all these things but you know there's a you can get overexposed and to think to ideas and stuff and you can definitely get overexposed. but yeah that's yeah we talked about that already but I, I think you need a certain hunger yeah to become creative because right. you have to fill in certain blanks and if you get everything presented to you yeah, yeah. there's not that that work you know gets yeah. lost like I had a few moments where I almost like panicked when I uh, felt like, um, for instance, with drawing, I, if I would have a, the, the times that I was drawing every day, if I would have a blank paper, I could already see what I wanted to draw and then make it. Mm -hmm. When I now look at a paper, it's just white, you know? Mm -hmm. And then my picture, if I would draw something, it would sort of emerge while I'm drawing. Right. But I cannot really like the, the 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 skill of being able to project it on the paper became less, and that very that worried me a lot, you mm. know, because that's something that I always had. The same with dance, like I would make up new combinations of moves that I already had in my head, you know, or while before I go to sleep, you know, and thinking of stuff like ah, I could, can connect that, ah, and then I really was eager to try it out, mm -hmm. or especially during school days when you when you cannot try things out. Right, right. So you cannot just, you know, jump and go and try it on the floor. Right. You become more eager. So what I would do is like make a, a drawing sequence of like how it would go from this to that to that. And I think this process mm -hmm. is really it's it's needed, you know, a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And it can be sort of like destroyed. Um I have a weird example, but for instance, um <laughs> when it comes to to fantasizing on on um nah maybe this is too weird <laughs> yeah no yeah but i would like almost make a jump to how porn can ruin people's fantasy in that sense you right know? sure but because where i think from an age where there was like it, there was no internet and shit so yeah. you had to make a lot of shit up you know as a guy and um <laughs> Yeah, it's a weird one, right? But like, you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. and I think this is also something that people almost do now when they uh, need inspiration. Yeah. Instead of digging mm -hmm. in their head or trying to go over their own footage and see like, ah, what do I have? What do I like? Let's throw this out. Let's try mm -hmm. and connect these, these these moves with these. They just like go and grab something new, some something that. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's. And, it's like uh you know limitations can give force you to to be more creative right yeah when you always have the solution it's right there it's right there it's easy to get you don't have to do anything you don't have to think there's always yeah. oh, i'll just take a new idea take a new idea but when you right. have like when you have to actually use your brain and solve some problem like to me yeah. that's what creativity is this is really just problem solving and you've yeah. given yourself some kind of problem whether it's like something simple like oh what move can i make with uh one foot or something like that or it's something like oh i saw that move that so and so did and it was really dope but i can't remember it right but then you have to piece together this new idea 
from this imperfect memory that you have and that yeah. forces you to create something new right yeah so no that's it and yeah, and i yeah. feel also a, a byproduct of that is ownership like mm. because whatever you create and when you really made that shit up that yeah. creates a totally different sense of ownership yeah. because you yeah. know the joy yeah. of coming up with something that's fresh yeah oh it's the best feeling like i, I keep telling people like um like when I was like still in my skateboard days, when you would buy like a new skateboard with like mm -hmm. a dope graphic, I would be like, like put it somewhere in the, in the corner of my room and, and, and look at it the whole time, you know, right before I went to sleep and then the next day. And I'd just be like so fascinated by, you know, how it looked. Yeah. And this happiness of something material. Um, I got the same feeling when, when, when I came home from practice and I mastered mm -hmm. something new, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Like the rich feeling you have, from just something simple, something that you achieved physically. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that's one of the dopest things of breaking in general. Yeah. Like I, I had this once when, when I was looking at the practice session that I organized and like the, the room was filled with people and everybody like young and old, they were all just doing the thing. And this session went for four hours, right? Mm -hmm. I was like, yo, it's, it's sunny outside. It's a Sunday. And these people chose to be here. And the only thing they consume for four hours is water. And they're happy and they're busy. And they are like, yo, this is this is so bad for the for the for the society we live in today that people can be this happy with with only like a floor and music, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because we're not consuming anything. We're not going to the movies, we're not buying yeah, yeah, clothes, yeah. you know, we're not yeah. getting drunk. Like, yo. That's something that's something yo. like uh, I don't know like ancient human DNA or something like that, that that's satisfying to us, you know? Yeah. All you need is a music, other people, and and a place to do it. And that's it. That's about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of went off into this random <laughs> contention, <laughs> which is fine. But I, I want to come back to, because uh, you, you mentioned in the, the thing that you sent me, like one of the things that really helped... Um, uh, Holland out as far as like the breaking scene was the coming of like IBE and yeah. and that whole thing and yeah. I know you have some involvement in that uh, yeah can you speak a little bit about yeah like the yeah, event or your, your involvement in it my involvement came way later like the, the right. first one was in 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 uh, 98 right. in Rotterdam organized by Tyrone and, and Mario and another dude mm -hmm. uh, I forgot his name um, and what he did, he reversed what we had to do before. Like, like if we wanted to see high level breaking, you had to travel out to Germany and go to, let's say battle of the year. Right. Like I went in, 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 in 96 and 97, I went to Germany to, just to go to battle of the year and be confronted with like high level breakers. And this was like mind blowing always mm -hmm. when this happened, you know, when you have a high, the, the contrast between a VHS, like a crappy VHS. <laughs> And, and actually seeing somebody pull those moves off in front of you and feeling the, the wind and, you know, that's just, that's so much more motivating. And mm -hmm. so what Tyrone basically did is he, he got all that talent to, to Holland. So now mm -hmm. people didn't have to leave their country and they're eye and eye with like high level breaking, you know? Yeah. So, and, and the good thing, like why I would say that it helped structure the Dutch scene is it, it was annually so it was like every year there was like a, an ibe coming and then in between 
they the same uh, people started organize, organizing the Dutch b-boy champs which was like just you know national championships mm-hmm. um and it was of course for a long period it was very normal that if you would enter somewhere that you would come as a crew Mm-hmm. So that was usually the people you train with and then the best people you train with and then you form a crew and then you enter battles. Um, so the the motivation that these crews had was constant, like they're constantly fed. You know, there mm-hmm. was constantly a reason to be training your skills because like right. you would know, okay, this, this thing is coming up again, like this and this months. And, and of course, Remember, there was like usually three or f- three, maybe four big jams in the whole year. Right. Right. That was it. So the rest of the year, it was like just training and, and going to, you know, local parties, house in somebody's house, whatever you would just throw down. But like these, these big moments, they were like really big, like huge. You had mm-hmm. to be there and you knew everybody would be there and, and, yeah. and, and yeah. some more people that you yeah. didn't know. So, um, this, of course, it made a big impact. And um, and then when internet started coming, there was like an internet forum that uh, was like only for Dutch. That's bboy.com. And like it had like this forum, just like uh, Bebo World had one. And um, I think the Freestyle Session board. Right. You know, there were like a lot of these boards. Um, and this, la- this, this was like a constant source of information because it was the only place where you could meet and find out new dates people started posting up videos that were like mad slow slow with the dialing and blah 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 you know yeah um and then you had your username and you had to log in right and this was at, at one point as soon as facebook hit then this was too much to still like go log into yeah. some sort of board yeah but i think we all collectively made the mistake or we didn't see it coming that facebook would have the same function as a as a forum Right. Which it didn't, of course, because it only dep- it depends on who, who, you, who you're connected with. Right. Yeah. So that one flyer of an event might not pass your, your wall because you're not connected to that person and nobody knows if, if, it, if it reached you or not. You know, mm-hmm. so this, I think, is like uh, th- this is where also in, in, in Holland, like there was like a little dip, like mm-hmm. in people like, you know, the information got scattered a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. we're still there, you know, but um, mm-hmm. but no, it it. it that uh, IBE just, you know, it was constant. And then, at, 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 and it was like, um, it was sort of tra- traditional, the way it was set up. Because mm-hmm. it was inspired by like, uh, Rocksteady Anniversary, B-Boy Summit, like, like, really the American sort of festival, more than one day events, mm-hmm. with, you know, uh, people that were selling merchandise, you know, and selling their mixtapes and selling their videos, and then, some graffiti on the side, some 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 emceeing, you know, like and panel discussions, and and IBE has been like that, all like since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they had some some things that made them unique, like all battles all, which was of course super raw, no judges. Yeah, put some countries in front of each that's, other, and that's the reason why I know what IBE is because of Yo. our battle. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they did that very long until they moved to Heerlen, which is like. A city in deep in the deep south of Holland, like mm-hmm. it's really off the map almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was adopted by another city. Like this, the festival, like the where the venue where it was held in Rotterdam, it went uh, bankrupt. 
and then they lost their venue. So IBE, I think it skipped like two years or something. And then it was, huh. it was like a crew in Heerlen and they, they were like, yo, we talked to our city and <laughs> we want to uh, do the festival here. Right. And they were like, really? And, and they just did it and it worked out. And then they also took the old battles all to like this high school, which has like all these rings. Right, right. And it was like, it was like the, the, the main event at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was sort of like whack because like some of the high level breakers that would be flown in like with with high ticket prices and blah 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 they was they would not really show themselves on the first two festival days they would, because they knew all the cameras are going to be on, on all battles all right and then also after a few years people like expected the highlight clips level but of mm. course it's a long day and like there's a lot of things happening so you will not see the crazy moves after a certain moment, you know, if you're just right. sitting there passively watching. So it, it lost sort of momentum. Right. And then they decided like, oh, we're just going to cut it and we make it more like a festival sort of vibe. Yeah. And um, I got involved in 2010. Mm-hmm. Like I was, um, I already had like a lot of talks with, with Tyrone, like always, like, like mm-hmm. about the scene. And, and he asked me a lot, a lot of times to judge. Um, so in the summer, my work would die out, like, because with the crew, we would mainly do schools. Like, we had, like, a band that would tour around uh, Holland, and we, like, a jazz band with, with African drummers, and we would, just, you, know, you know, do school gigs. Right, right. And then, uh, yeah, some other gigs, but mo- mainly was all connected to school. So in the summer, like, our work would stop. Hmm. I was like, hmm, maybe I can work at IBE. <laughs> I was like, yo, yeah. can I help yeah. you out? And he yeah. was like, because uh, I was, like, prepared, you know, to do whatever. And because um, I thought, you know, I have to bring people from the airport and uh, help, like putting the floor in and right, hang right, bangers. Right. But he was like, no, nah, man, I, uh, I can I can use you for for the panel discussions because like I, I always host them myself because I think it's important, but I'm the main organizer. So it doesn't really work to be like stuck for an hour or one and a half mm-hmm. at a talk show when I need to be at other places at the festival. Yeah. And, uh, and he trusted me with that, which is, like Tyrone does that all the time. Like I see him as a mentor in a way because uh, he gave so many people just a chance and, and throw, threw them in the deep. Like, yeah, you can do that. Mm-hmm. And then by getting positions like that, we learned our skills. Like this goes right. for a whole list of people in, in, in Holland. They all are now like doing their own thing, running their own companies, running their own studios, right. uh, having like just because like he, he taught them the ropes it's, it's really mm-hmm. dope so um and i used my i always felt like I, I studied philosophy during my first early breaking years then i stopped then i picked it up again um and i always like i, n- I always felt i never used that side of me because like mm-hmm. i i didn't really make a mix you know dance and and, and intellectual sort of abstractions but then when I saw the panels, they were usually a mess. You know, you know the hip hop panels, like how they were like in the 90s, like we had some OGs, some pioneers, and they would just like make statements, you know? <laughs> and everybody would be like, yeah, 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 and, and walk away confused, right? right? Because there was not really structure. Right, right. And they were mad passionate, and they were like really key players to, mm-hmm. to our whole culture. But if nobody asked them like a, a structured question, and, and, and then you just get a lot of whatever, you know? Yeah. Right. Well, and it, this always annoyed me because I felt mm-hmm. like, yo, there's so much to learn from everybody that came before us. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just, you know, get the topics clear, 
lead the conversation into like, yo, what are we really talking about when we use yeah. these terms and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Just to keep, keep the audience engaged. Yeah, that's and, a big thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I grew it, grew, really grew into that, you know, and I, and, mm -hmm. and I really started enjoying it more and more. So, um, yeah. Can you, so I've maybe, been doing that oh, part. Sorry, yeah. Can you mention like a little bit about some of the topics that you've, you've covered for people who are watching, listening, yeah. who might not have um, We had like so many different topics. Like you got to remember when I came into IBE, I was still like this sort of this purist, like breaking is for breakers. And we had, for instance, this, this question, um, is the sky the limit? It was like the first year, 2010, that I had a, uh, was leading a talk show. And it was because people were doing movies, like big ass, let's say step up sort of movies, uh, or uh, what is it, you got served. And so our question was like, and our teens started popping off like with this big ass fan base, like it was right. like something unheard of, you know, like yeah, this yeah. big, and it was like multiple television channels, like broadcasting R16 live. And we were like, yo, you know, what's happening? <laughs> like, like what, where does it end, you know? And, and mm. is it good or is it bad? You know, and I, I was really concerned with these things. So I was leading this talk show and, and most, most of the topics were still like, like, like Tyrone would come up with a topic and be like, ah, this probably we should talk about. So I remember we had, for instance, we had Technique there who was who had a little little part in one of those movies. And my questions would be like, uh, yeah, but uh, these big corporate, you know, uh, institutions and industries, like you think they, they portray our dance the right way and, and, and aren't you afraid that it will be exploited again like like because this this media 80s media trauma it was really put on to me by all the 80s guys you know because mm -hmm. I, I, I took this with me like it was their trauma but i was still like oh they're the enemy you know anybody can exploit yeah, yeah. us so so yeah. let's keep it underground and he, he he said something like um like if you keep, keep one thing in mind it will it, it, it almost cannot go wrong and that's the notion that they're a guest in our culture and things like that, you know, really make me think like, oh, shit. Okay, we have a responsibility here. Instead of like somebody offering us money and be like, okay, I put on a monkey suit. Uh, you know, you can say like, no, you want, you want to portray, portray this dance? You have no knowledge of this dance? Then it's my responsibility to educate you. Hmm. Which I thought was a very dope statement. And I had a similar conversation with Ronnie and Roxride and Lilu, who, who were featured in a Red Bull movie called Turn It Loose. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was super happy that I could, you know, do the Q&A with them because like my crew, of course, was called Turn It Loose. Right. Uh, but then I asked them the same, you know, like, yo, Red Bull, aren't they the devil? You know, like, aren't they like, <laughs> you know, because they're corporate and they're, they have a different uh, interest in us. And, uh, and they would break it down. And, and, and from that point on, I, I, I noticed something changed. And that's that they said from day one, Red Bull always consulted us because they know if they start making up their own shit, they lose the whole audience. Hmm. So they ask, what, what do you think is the dope thing we could do? And we'll make it happen. Hmm. So they put the responsibility at, at, you know, at the breakers. And so from that moment on, I knew like, oh, we're actually in control. The same with this whole Olympic discussion, which we yeah. probably will also get into. Yeah. Like, we're not that vulnerable anymore, you know? It's a different time. Like, it's a different time. Like, like, we have to realize that the people that are now making decisions used to be those teenagers breaking on, on cardboard, to put it like super cliche, right? Mm -hmm. They're those people. So they they come from a different time, you know? We're, 
where in the 80s it was like things were run by a totally different generation of people hmm. that had no clue what we were doing yeah they just you know they would do whatever to market it and and and, and be like okay i think this is what the general audience will understand from it so skip all the all the culture stuff you know yeah but we're not there anymore so yeah exactly but like so yeah that was a topic we had a lot of discussions about judging and everything about judging yeah. like and it started out in 2012 with like uh dizzy was invited to explain his our system which was of course like a game changer because then he really came with a system and everybody was like do we need a system and what does it mean um and then a few years later, we had like a topic which was like, do we need judging systems, you know? And, and then two words, what's the meaning of a tie? Because at, at a certain moment, everybody got tired of like, you know, competitions and all the judges being like, oh, I'm tired, fuck it, you know? <laughs> like, and we're like, I mean, camp, no ties. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I mean, yeah, but... <laughs> but, but we had like a philosophical discussion on what yeah. could a tie potentially mean like are we can we even agree on what it means when a judge does this yeah does, like if he's very actively paying attention it might mean you are exactly on the same level which is like you know a rarity but cool it but most happen. of the time it could also mean like yo guys i'm not here you fix it it's your yeah. problem now yeah which is like a a very bad thing because then you know what you're there to make a decision right and then in stand-up, it's still very normal. Like, oh, this is a heated battle. Let's go continue. Let's continue. Yeah, one more round. I need yeah. make it clear. It's like, yeah, no, yeah. that's your job to make uh, tough exactly. decisions. <laughs> yeah. Plus, I think like it was more normal uh, back in the day because people, the events, they had more time and not that, that many groups. But now with yeah. 200 people entering, like, nah, man, you, you yeah. can't be indecisive like that, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. But I think, but yeah. uh, sorry, but just, uh, I think, you know, the fact that you guys do those talk shows and that there's people like trying to, yeah, just dig a little deeper on like what it is that we do and what, what are these things? Like, what does it mean? What does the tie mean? What does it mean to actually judge? What does it mean to, you know, like one thing that I don't, it hasn't really been talked about like deeper but it's stuff like biting. Well, what's a bite? How do you judge a bite? What's, you know, yeah. these kind of things. It gets complicated, right? When you yeah, really yeah. start to get into it. Because a lot of times, I think people just have this sort of very surface level view on a lot of these things. And they... But you know what's the weirdest thing in general when it comes to just this culture and hip hop? Hmm. Is that you learn it usually without talking. It's true. It's yeah. like, like cypher etiquette. People yeah. will school you if you're young by just pulling you out a circle when you jump in and there's a battle going on or something yeah. or it's not your time and it's a big man cycle or whatever like they school you in a way that that is similar to how how animals would school each other you know like yeah. like like there's a, a ranking in dogs always you know when yeah, you're yeah, a young yeah. dog it's you true. have to just wait till the older dogs eat. and that kind of stuff we we think it's all that simple but as at, at a certain moment when you start asking people questions then they're like, oh, okay, we actually have different views on this. We we don't yeah. actually really know what it means. Like like the topic you just brought up, biting. Like most people still think like you can bite a single move, but usually you you bite somebody's image, some somebody's whole persona. Just you mm -hmm. know, you just you show a lack of creativity because you just you know you took a whole part and you were like, 
you didn't take the time to invent something yourself. Yeah. So like what helps for me is I compare it always with language. So mm -hmm. as soon as you start sounding exactly like, or, or I get confused because I'm listening to you, but you, you use the same accent as let's say uh, Tony Montana. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? You know, who am I yeah. watching? You know, is yeah. this like some sort of a, so, so if that's happening, then alarm bell goes off. But when mm -hmm. I see a move that I knew, but you put it in a different combination, I'm like, yeah, moves are moves, man. I mean, like yeah. people have been doing head spins in the dirt. <laughs> so yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, but... That, but that's what I mean. Like, I think especially, like you said, when it's like a, a cypher or something like that, like there's a lot of things that you can just learn by watching and that kind of thing or just learn by doing and or, you know, like you said, you don't need words. But when it starts to get more like formalized and more organized and more you know that kind of thing you need to have start having these talks i think that's like one thing that i always respect about renegade is like he's one of the people that's always like let's talk about this let's figure it out this kind of thing always vocal always vocal always vocal and like people don't always have to agree with everything he says but it's yeah. like he gets discussions started yeah he gets people talking not Which actually like if, if if you ask like what does the part culture that we always refer to what what does that really mean yeah i think these talks at events where everybody is like or, or like a lot of the people that come out and then they come from worldwide to have these talks they are almost the glue to basically exchange and see do we still understand the same things the same way or are there like things that are unsolved or problems or blah 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 like it's 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 holding us together you yeah. know if you yeah. don't have that if we, if you just have your <clears throat> your your big states superstar showcase competition then like like all these moments where you can actually ask questions the same with workshops you know they're super mm -hmm. important mm -hmm. because like after even if the teacher decides like everybody has to shut up and i'm going to teach you a technique and then we do this like for two hours and i'm going to make you sweat he will usually end still with a little circle like okay guys how did you feel about this and, and are there things you want to ask me or, or or and then that's where the sometimes the most value from that whole workshop lies in that yeah. moment yeah. that moment yeah. of exchange that you're like yeah i remember like for instance my first workshop i took and I was stubborn also, like it was in 2009. So this is like, I don't know, I started in 94, right? So all that time I was like, no, I can learn this myself by just watching or whatever. But then it was like this wild style tour and I and they, they brought like um, Crazy Legs, Fat Five Freddy, um, uh, uh, Grand, Grand Wizard Theodore and um, Mr. Freeze to Amsterdam. And Crazy Legs was doing a workshop. I was like, yo, I'm gonna do this. And people were like, yo, why do you take his workshop? Because I had people around me that were like, yo, but that was like the beginning of breaking. You can already do all that stuff. You know, like, what? Hell no. Like, I, and, and indeed, I was there, like one of the more older guys, like, because there was like kids as well. <laughs> um, but for me, like I was teaching already. I started teaching in 98 because somebody was like, yo, can you teach me this? And well, yeah, well, whatever, I try and teach. So I, I learned, you know, totally without any guidance. But the main reason for me to go to that workshop also, like one of the main reasons was like just 
if he tells the students things that I also tell my students in my class, I'm doing something right, hmm. you know? And already to get like certain, like for instance, he pointed out, like when people, like he asked everybody to do a six step just to see the level. And then when people had flat hands, he would point out that they had flat hands. And I was like, yes, I do the same, you know? <laughs> like little shit like that, yeah. you know? It was just dope because I was like, okay, cool. And he taught me a bunch of new stuff too, like the way he trained for his footwork battle. Around that time, he had the mighty four, uh, four footwork battle, and he trained with that, I think, with T Rock. And and he would like have like this system where, where they would like have a circle, and, and and everybody had to dance for, I think, thirty seconds or maybe fifty even, like pretty long. Mm -hmm. And then he say like, first he would do it with four people, then with three, then with two, you know, and then just like, just go at it. Mm -hmm. And that just inspired me. It's like, oh, shit, I'm going to do that with my students and shit like that. And over the years, I took so much from workshops. And it's, I think it's just a dope way to connect, you know, with yeah. people you look yeah. up to and, and just, you know. Yeah. I always so, recommend that people, like any workshop that comes to your city, you should take it. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. there's a lot to learn. And again, it's like, like you said, it's not always just the moves that you're going to learn. Like sometimes no. it's the stories, it's the, it's the story behind the move of you understand not what it is, but why you do it or why it is a certain way. So like yeah. an example is like Ken Swift came to our, our city and he was doing, you know, he taught like a routine and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. But it wasn't, to me, it was like not that interesting. But when he was like talking about the, the six step and he gets into the whole thing of like, was a CC long and he gets into like how that came about, or at least like how he understood it. And it was like, it was a move that people used because like the circle was so small and they would use it to like, basically like kick people back and they would do this like elongated footwork and it was like to open the circle up again. Right. I may be remembering that wrong, but that's, that's what I remember. Or things like, uh, you know, Wiggles came and you know, people are like, how do you do the pop or something like whatever they're asking. And I was like, cause I knew he, he does rocking and stuff. So I was like, what's the, yeah. what's the background? Like what's, what's the story behind like the Apache line and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, and he starts getting into stuff like old, like just New York gang history of like, yeah. uh, education know. of uh, Sonny Carlson and shit. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, and like all all this stuff, and you're like, whoa, this is like way deeper than you know, just yeah, you, you wiggles throw punch is special, and stuff man. like that. Wiggles is a gem. Yeah, and, and you know, like it's funny you say this because we had this funny look at Rocksteady, right? Like mm. in 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 Europe, because <clears throat> um, you you need to realize that 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 this this whole dance in the rest of the world outside of New York got it most of them got it secondhand mm -hmm. like a few countries and cities got it of course firsthand when when they did like the the new york city rap tour and, and some other tours and the wild style tours in japan or whatever but most just copied what they saw on on a on a vhs yeah. so when the revival was going on and rocksteady was activated again and started coming to europe and germany they were like on some sort of schooling mission of telling people how the dance originally was meant to be done and where mm. the names came from and who, what the lineage was. And they were so fanatic with it that people were like, not everybody was having it, you know? Mm. Not every, everybody was like, yo, what the fuck are you trying to tr 
change our dance. Uh, this is freedom. You can do whatever you want. And we're like, nope. <laughs> there's like a structure to it. There's names to it. There's a philosophy behind it. And so when I met Wiggles in 2009 in England, we had to perform at a breaking convention and he was there like doing his, his solo showcase. And like we got contact because he was like, yo, we never used to wear uh, fat laces and pro cats. <laughs> that was like our first introduction. Like, oh shit, okay. They only put him in, we only put him in chucks. So he would already school, you know, just in, at the first moment we had contact. Right. And I asked him like, yo, what was the reason behind you guys preaching that much in the 90s? And then he came with a quote that he had from Bambada who said like, because um, cause he, Wiggles basically asked him like, like how should we learn like the, the other people? And he got something abstract back. Like uh, if you beat the drum, the people will follow. And he said that just resonated with him, and it, and it, and he just he just went on and and school schooling 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 you know and yeah. and it was it's just dope like because because he has stories for days on yeah, on yeah. how they were like it's not all romantic we the the, the, the fights didn't stop when hip hop came you know yeah, we would yeah. still rob people even though we were doing gigs and uh, there were flyers that come with your new sneakers or your new. Uh, 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 sheepskin to this party and they say yeah everybody knew it was a setup except for the people not from that neighborhood because you w- would get robbed as soon as you entered you know shit like that he would like give me all these stories so I was like shit this is dope mm-hmm. and I remember this was the time where um, a lot of people also got fed up with breaking being like male dominated everybody with elbow pads sweating in the club you know stretching doing power moves and they came with this like counter movement of yo real b-boys dance with girls right you know? right and and he would give it to me too he's like yo i think all this breaking stuff is gay yet nowadays man like there's a bunch of guys bunch of dudes and they're dancing and then a girl wants to jump in the circle and they push around no we're busy I'm like yo what the fuck? and it was it, it made so much sense that at that time i was also helping tyrone with coming up with um with with themes for ibe because after the 10-year anniversary we we, we, we were like, okay, we're going to work with teams now. So I remember in 2011, the first team I came up with was Style and Inspiration. So we had Skeen Richard and he, he came with like all these like Kung Fu things and, and, and all this, this stuff that was really black exploitation, everything that was related to the culture. And then the year after was music is the message. And we had talk shows also on, on the importance of the social dance and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, and that's actually what Wiggles did in 2009. He, he gave a workshop called Bronx uh, Social Dances. And he yeah. would make a club environment. Yeah, had people pair up. You know, he played all the classics from his youth, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it was dope. But, and, and, and it's this stuff like this, right? Because I remember he was like playing uh, Shocking Blue stuff, stuff like, like, like crazy rock songs that you wouldn't associate with, uh, with Breaking. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I remember he said, like, like for him, hip-hop is all-inclusive for everybody. He says, we're all, we, we usually come from, from di- disenfranchised, like, sort of home situations, you know, with no prayer or, or with struggles and blah, blah, blah. But he says that doesn't mean that it's only for us because everybody has struggles. Everybody has certain moments where they want to scream out because of frustration. Yeah. And this resonated so much because I, I was just in the middle of a breakup with my girl. So after the workshop, I came to the bar. I was like, 
yeah man i felt that woman and <laughs> i was like yo it was it was crazy i was like i was just emerging in music and, and in, yeah. in this club atmosphere because of you know personal shit yeah yeah yo this shit is dope yeah but that's like i don't know that's like uh that's what dance does it's uh when you really get into it it's just like freedom and release and you lose track of where you are and what time it is and that kind of thing. Like when you have yeah. a good circle, like you might've been there for an hour or something, you don't even realize, right? That's what I try and do at, at the events that we do in, in Amsterdam as much as possible is, is yeah. dim the lights, yeah. you know, crank up the music, you yeah. know, and get, create these dark corners. Yeah. Because a lot of people forgot what these dark corners do to you, you know, because we're so used to training in, in these studios with bright lights and, and mirrors and, and, and everything is visual. Mm. But what music does to you and, 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 and your physical reaction to it, it doesn't always have to, has, doesn't need to be seen all the time. Like mm. half of the time you, you cannot see how your own moves look yeah. when you do them, yeah. you know? And it doesn't really matter. You know, like, but at this moment, I think a lot of people get insecure if they don't know if, if it if it was sharp or good or blah, blah, blah. Nah, just go to these dark circles, have the music like vibrate in your bones and body yeah. and react. Yeah. And you get in this sort of free zone. And it's hard to explain because I don't know if you probably teach as well. There's like these kids that are now being put at breaking at the age of, let's say, five or six. Right. Not because they discovered breaking, but because their parents used to break in the 80s and they yeah. now have kids. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, like, I, when you do the math, when is the first time these kids will be in that kind of environment where it's a dark mm -hmm. club, the music is pumping, and you go off because you have to, because the music tells you? That, that will take, like, another 10 years, probably, because Maybe, they, yeah. before they have this first experience. I'm like, wow. We have to fix that in a way, you know, if it's even fixable, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think that, Maybe I'm that, just being old, you know. <laughs> but that's something that I, I thought about a lot. Like, you know, it's kind of a weird thing with, with breaking because breaking in a lot of ways, like part of what, what makes it exciting is this sort of like kind of sort of ego driven thing of like, look at me these are, this is my moves and it's my time to shine and everyone's watching me. But at the same time, like, especially as you get older or just like the deeper you get into it, I guess, maybe it becomes more about this, like, yeah, I don't know. It's this, maybe this is my, just my opinion. It's like this sort of spiritual experience of like, you're there alone in the circle, but it's kind of like you're with everyone. And everyone's vibing and everyone's dancing and it's not about like it's not about you know being the best in the room maybe but it kind of is maybe you're you're trying to do your thing and and yeah. be good at dancing or whatever but it's like it's this it's so hard to explain it's this sort of like uh yeah spiritual moment of like everyone becomes one and you're all vibing together. And like, I think it's because of partially where I'm from, like Vancouver already has that sort of vibe, but then you also throw in, or maybe it's because of this influence of like 
Circle of Fire in Seattle, guys like Free and Orb. And there's been times where I went down there and like they were they were just like in a circle and you just you go up to it and it's like, man, these these guys are this is what like freedom looks like in dance, yeah. you know, and it's not yeah. about like I'm the best. I'm better than you. You'll see it where it's like two people come in and it's not like they're fighting over who gets to go. It's like mm. it's not even about like one person's being polite. It's just like, oh, we're just vibing. And like sometimes they they go back and forth and stuff. And it's like, oh, you want to come in? Oh, let's dance for a bit. And they're kind of like doing this two person thing. But it's not it's not like. Yeah, to... they come from house, you know, and, and, yeah. and I remember somebody telling me like in house we exchange in a circle and you guys are always yeah. battling. Yeah. And, you know, of course, this is very cliche, but I think what you're talking about, like that situation that, that in a club, it's something else because let's face it, we're all fighting insecurity all the time, right? Yeah. And, and this is an internal fight. Yeah. And it can be anything, you know, like you come into a practice room and you don't and you you you, you get into uh, observation mode. This sometimes mm. happens to me that I yeah or, or you, you wait too long <clears throat> to be up in a circle and you and you realize you're cold, your ideas are already going fast, but you know oh, my body's not, not not able to do it. Like, ah, oh, my first run will be shit, you know. Like you have all these internal struggles or, or these Ah, I want to come out fresh with my new things, you know, and I wait to the right moment. Ah, this beat, nah, nah, it will not come out right. Like, ooh, this beat, ah, shit, I let the beat go, you know, ah, fuck, it changed, ah, forget it, you know, like all these internal conversations, right? And I think this is the main struggle when it comes to what you were just saying, like, it's not who's the best, but it's almost who's the most free, hmm. who's the most in tune where his body does what he wants it, or maybe even above that, that just mm -hmm. move, the body just moves and, and you're just being guided by it. You're like, oh, whoa, what's happening? Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. think we usually, uh, or most of the time, start very rational because mm -hmm. that's where our control comes from. That's our sets, that's our prep preparation. And then the longer we dance, we, we have to, because our material sort of runs out, we have to start improvising. We have to get into this free zone just to, to give meaning to all the time that still is there you know the music mm -hmm. that still is there mm -hmm. and i think the main goal is to get there as fast as possible you know? <laughs> but it's super hard yeah. you know but but that's i guess that this is why i brought it up because you you talked about those those dim dimming the lights and stuff like that those dark kind of uh dark corners or things like that the circles that are happening like off to the side and yeah. like to me that's one thing i i i think i've mentioned this before but I even do that sometimes when I'm like practicing by myself. It's like I turn the lights down. And so there's no, it's, it becomes like, it cuts out the vision. It cuts out that sense. And so it's all just uh, your ears, what you're hearing and what you're feeling with the yeah. movement and you don't see anything. Yeah. And when you have the, the like, you know, clubs or those those circles and those kinds of things like the best circles that i've been in were like that where the lights were dim it was like kind of hard it's to see key, right like dance yeah. like nobody's watching that that kind of yeah. thing yeah is, is that's what you try and achieve and that's the easiest way yeah and like the same way like during during the breaks like the cypher time they're usually the dance floor that that's totally lit out mm 
-hmm. it will still be open. And there's always these guys that don't give a fuck, you know, they're just going to throw their air flares and they jump <laughs> yeah. right in the middle. Yeah. But I would be the guy that who was like, I build up my confidence in those dark ciphers, you know, by, and it can be just like by, by just top rocking and creating a top rock cipher. And then as soon as people start throwing down, I'm like, ah, okay, skip, I go to the next, make another circle. And then when I feel like, yo, my moves are starting to get smooth and, and I'm warmed up, that's when I might, you know, jump into the light and be like, oh yeah, guys, I'm also here. Let's go. You know, yeah, but yeah. it's like, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, too, I don't want to say like, you know, that battle spirit, too, is not good because that's also what makes breaking fun in a lot of ways, too. Right. So, ah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to see it for what it is, you know, yeah. like this usually comes from just being super confident mm, yeah. And, 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 yeah. and trying to get to that spot where you're very, very confident because that's super satisfying. You know, when you're ripping it like like it's it's. It's something that we try and push each other to all the time is being at, at, at our, the top of our potential, you know? Hmm. And, and that, that I think in general is the dope thing of, of dance. You know, we, we encourage that the whole time in other people, hmm. you know, like that's also the way I, I, I look at freestyle versus like choreo, you know, like um, I've been at dance academies where, where I, I was teaching and they would pick up everything pretty fast because they're, you know, their mo mo motoric skills are super good and blah, blah, blah. But they would be like scared to death for, for a freestyle circle, you know? And then I, I tried to figure out like, what's this, this, this thing that you're afraid of? And they are so used to um, basically, you know, learning the, the words of others and making it sound exactly the way, like if you're an actor, you know, and you get a text yeah. and you say it exactly the way it's supposed to be, but you're still telling the story of somebody else, you know? And then I always try and explain them like, within hip hop, we always want to know what's your story. What, you, what do you have to say, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's what we use our vocabulary for. Mm -hmm. And we usually celebrate accents and we celebrate slang words, you know, and certain things that, that make you stand out, you know? But for a lot of people, it's like, yeah, but, there's no, how do I know if I'm right? You know, and if it, they, they want to have this, this confirmation that, yeah, you know, yeah, it's correct. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, you know, I think that's where play comes in, you know, play, I think is, is like a key element in, in, in the dance, the way we do it, you know, and in freestyle yeah. in general, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like, it just kind of reminds me of, you know, cause I teach in, in Japan, I teach English mm. and uh, it's something that you see a lot in the students. Because they're learning right. and like they know they learn the grammar and they learn the vocabulary and they can do it and there's no problem but when you get them to do it in a situation where it's like it's not set there's not they're not following a dialogue or anything like that and maybe yeah. they have to like you know say their own sort of like feeling or like their own experience or whatever and maybe yeah. they even know all the words to do it but when you ask them to do it, especially when they're like more on the beginner side, yeah, like it's you've seen them do it before. Yeah. But in this situation, they like freeze up and they're like, uh, or even just writing yeah. an idea, they can't write it a lot of times. No. It's, and it's like, I but think that's what a cipher is. It's, it's kind of natural though, right? Like, yeah. 
for a beginner to be like that. But I think it's yeah. like you got to teach people to to be okay with that uncomfortable environment, right? To not yeah, yeah. know what you're doing all the time. And that's okay. It's yeah. like if you create the right environment, that stuff can eventually flourish. But it's like, yeah. yeah, you've got to set it up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Plus, you can sometimes change the goal, you know, change yeah. the yeah. their motivation because I've noticed in class, like if, if, if I just make open up the circle and say, let's go, everybody needs to go, mm -hmm. then they're all shook. They're all like, fuck, man, I, I, yeah. I'm forced to now do something. Yeah. Whereas if you flip it around and you give them an assignment, yeah, like uh, show me your own way to touch the floor with your back. You know, I usually do that one with, with, with beginner workshops. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's something else happens. Mm -hmm. Like they know this is the only objective. Like I have to just touch the floor with my back. Yeah. Some people will actually really get creative with it because they, they feel the need to stand out. But others will just take the easy route and be inspired by somebody else and just like flip it a little bit. And then I say, already now you're doing exactly what we do all the time. Yeah. We get inspired by each other and we flip it. Mm -hmm. And because we, this idea has this, that we, that we just formed, has this um, power and to motivate us to jump in because we want to now show our idea mm -hmm. before it's too late. That's the only thing you need. But when you're focused on, oh, everybody's watching me and I have to do something now and oh, then you're only focused on, you know, the wrong things. Yeah. yeah. Same with like this talk, like like some people will be like, how can you talk in public? And, and, and uh, they would be so aware of the fact that they're talking and they're making noise and somebody's watching them. <laughs> and then like, ah, you know, it is just yeah. it's crazy. But yeah. And, and another thing that I, I um thing that really connects with this language is there's always two types of students right like there's the, this type of students that really want to feel secure by doing everything in the book and blah 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 and do the assignments and then somebody else will say no i'm just going to move to japan fuck it yeah that's these people they say like yeah well i'll figure it out i will talk with my hands and make chicken noises if i want to order something and whatever you know mm -hmm. and they pick it up and it's the same with somebody who would be like Oh, I just go straight to the to the big man cipher and I'm just going to make a fool out of myself and then I will learn faster that way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And um, I mean, there's pros and cons. You will look like yeah. a fool but, <laughs> or a toy. <laughs> but but then know, again, yeah. 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 I think uh, it's a lot to be said about that. Like, because there's a lot of parallels between language and, and dance, specifically like breaking, right? Because it is, yeah. a, it's not a... A lot of times it's not a choreographed dance it is a very spontaneous thing you don't know the music beforehand that kind of thing right and language is the same way right i mean yeah there's like you know speeches and things like that that's part of language too but that's like the parallel right yeah most languages you is done spontaneous right yeah and so it's the same with with breaking right and but yeah. you people have got to like Number one, they got to get the skills to be able to do that, right? So that's yeah. like, you know, they get their their foundation, their base. But then you, yeah. after that, once you have that base, that's when you just start playing, right? But you've got to yeah. get used to that feeling of like, it's okay to not know what you're doing. And you just mm -hmm. kind of, you could talk around in circles. Yeah, Whereas yeah, yeah. With, with breaking, you just, you do filler, right? Yeah, exactly. You fill it with like, oh, I'll do a CC here, a little hook, and then maybe I'll do a sweep, and then, oh, okay, I'll do a whatever, right? 
do stuff that looks like breaking. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Without saying anything. Yeah. Yeah. So. But then, and then there's the dope thing that breaking has this, this, this crossover to art, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then if you look, if if the way we use like, um, and then there's these different types of you know using your voice, right? So for instance, I would compare almost like footwork to rapping, right? Because it's fast and snappy and it's you know, patterns. Where power moves correlate way more to singing and making long notes. You know, did you ever see how, how a fast women or a headspin can look good on violin, for instance? Hmm. Yeah. But if you have yeah. a breakbeat, it doesn't really make sense, except that it, it, it resonates with your heartbeat. Like, ah, but you know, for instance, but it, can, it goes well with long notes. Yeah. And then there's like people really making punchlines really clear breaking right like bam 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 everything everything is clear and, and and it's it makes sense but then there's these these dances that mumble so then their moves are not very articulated and then there's people just doing poetry just mm. being very poetic and all about feeling and shit you know yeah. and and not knowing where to go and it all makes sense because we can all understand those languages we don't we probably have our own that we prefer, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's, this is the dope thing. We're breaking as soon as the States is there, everything goes mm -hmm. as long as like, like, and there's one thing that we usually forget that already gives a big direction to what we do. And that's of course the music. So that for a big part already determines the, the conversation mm -hmm. or shoot. Shit. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man. But uh, uh, yeah, so we got off, off on this yeah. another tangent, but uh, I always enjoy these things. But yeah, I want to talk about uh, maybe steer it back to um, yeah, just like maybe judging. And I know that you have some experience actually using the was it the trivium or the threefold? Yeah, both. Yeah, yeah. Threefold comes before trivium. So right. Three film is a bit the more complex, like a bit more fading. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, maybe because we had, you know, I talked with Storm about this, and he kind of broke down the the systems a bit. And I thought it would be nice to have someone who's actually sat down and used the system, who's not Storm, uh, like talk about their experiences with it and and what you thought. Yeah. Oh, actually, I I I did the certification for the trivium. Right. So I know basically how the interface looks and what everything does. Mm -hmm. And I judged battles on those specific categories for the exam because mm -hmm. I did the certification, but I never had the, the interface during a battle. I only had the threefold during the battle. So the, uh, the simplified version. So right. because like it, it is something to get used to, you know, right. and that's something that is like maybe one of the, few negative points at this moment that because you have to put in data it takes time and it might get your eyes off the of the dance floor so all the coaches out there really train your dancers to look at the judges when they use this, this system because i've seen i was in in paris during the 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 world championships that they did the wdsf and i saw a lot of intros getting lost because the judges were still putting in data. You know? Right, so, right. But apart from that, like, <clears throat> I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm very, um, um, how you call it, impressed by how the, the system that they came up with uh, deals with a lot of like dangers that we have in judging this dance. Like, because a system can fuck up everything, you know, it can steer us a certain way or, or force people to dance a certain way. And, and all of these things, I think people that dance for a long time, their gut feeling is that this is the, the biggest threat for our dance, right? Because one of the, do the doper things of dance and breaking in, in, in general is that we can always innovate. We can always flip. We, we can, the dance is always changing. There will be like a different style or a different emphasis on, 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 on certain layers of this dance each, yeah. each year, yeah. each season. Yeah, it's and, very fluid. Yeah, super fluid. And the worst thing that could happen is that this, this, that we're all sort of start talking the same thing. Right. And then right. older generation will just step out because they already heard that tune. And then it will only be interesting for people that think, oh, this is nice. And then, but they haven't went through that whole learn curve and, and, and that's it, you know? But what they did by not putting standards, but just coming up with these sort of abstract areas on which they think every performance can be compared. Right. Um, they just found a way out. And, and I think it's genius and it's, um, you know, also this mind, body, soul, uh, comparison, right. That they translate in, in, in like physical ability, uh, cre creative ability or artistic, and then soul, which is like the interpretive ability, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And it makes so much sense that we switch between those two all the time. Like sometimes we dance to impress by focusing on our physical ability. Sometimes we dance to express by showing our ideas, like our mental things. And sometimes we're just, we're entertaining or we want to touch people with a feeling. So we're in our soul sort of situation, right? And to have all this whole spectrum and just compare it, because this comparison thing is, is the dopest thing ever, right? Because yeah. this means like, we're not gonna score somebody solo. Yeah, We're gonna create benchmarks in our head and be like, ah, this guy is, or this girl is good at this and, this, and, and strong at this, ah, this is a bit weak. Now let me see if the person who answers to this solo can top yeah. you. It's all relative, right? It's super relative, and this is the dope thing. Like I'm, I'm now at a stage where I'm, I cannot even judge a, a, a single solo anymore because I'm like, yeah, but who you're up against? <laughs> you know, that yeah. will determine whether I think this was good or not. You know, because yeah, it's like because for every judgment we make, we compare. Yeah. So what we did back in the days, he would just like put some some OG with a lot of experience and be like, your opinion is so important to us because you've helped to shape this dance that whatever you appreciate, we appreciate. Mm. That's basically what we said. And I, I, I talked about this in the speaker series that we did for uh, uh, Mary from Canada. Right. right. But um, like, I think that's how we got into this whole situation where our judging panel consists of people that we look up to, that we want uh, um, to give us this this tap on the back, like yeah, you're you're on the right path, you know, because that's the way we we, we got up, like how, the way we learned. Like when you were a toy and a beginner, 
you 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 first look at the big man cipher and be like, oh, okay, okay, that's how how it should be done. And then when you first make your step into that circle, you're very aware on on whether they give you the head nod or give you a little clap or be like, all right, that was nice. And that's what you what we all got motivated by. So then it was the most logic thing to to pick those people that we look up to and put them on the chair. But we never ask, like, do they have any system in or structure in the way they yeah. judge this dance? Are they even able to look outside of their own, you know, way of doing things, you mm-hmm. know, to a point where now people are being put on the chair because we think he dances like this. He probably will judge like that. Like, yeah. what kind of logic is that? Yeah, it's super scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super scary. So that means that whatever, only what I can do, I can judge for real. Mm-hmm. So. I think this, like, yeah, this is the the right route. And of course, this whole Olympic thing is like, it's super weird because it forces us into some sort of formalization of the dance mm-hmm. at such a rapid pace that, um, yeah, I think not everybody will be ready for that, you know, because it's yeah. like, that was the joy that we were still like in some sort of a wild, wild west, you know? Yeah. But, you know, like... I this has come up a lot anytime this olympics talk comes up i always think it's just like you know people got to remember that that's just one avenue of course and that that should that that should exist and you shouldn't want it to fail but it shouldn't be the you shouldn't want that to be the only avenue no you should want to have like local jams you should want to have just parties you should want to have all kinds of things and yeah, you should want it to all succeed. If you really like breaking, right? If you want breaking yeah. itself to succeed, you need it everywhere, right? On different on different levels and different scales, I guess. But yeah, but look, here's this thing, right? Because I think what everybody is aware of, and that's why we make such a big deal out of it, mm-hmm. is that it now will be streamed into everybody's living room, right? Mm-hmm. And since we all ourselves know what we're doing. And what it is, we are now super afraid if, you know, if because most of us are not even able to talk, to tell our, our aunt or our, our uncle what we are doing and why we do what we do, you know? So now everybody's like, how the fuck are you going to do that towards the whole world? How are you going to explain what we do? If we already have a hard time explaining it to, to, my, to our girlfriends, you know? Yeah. So I think this is what's bugging people. Like, so who has the answer, right? Because we do this thing that that we just do and we know what we do and we are cool with it, that we don't, don't talk about, about it so much. You know, we just we just do it and then we know who we think is good and blah, blah, blah. And and then we have this this weird sort of cognitive dissonance where if we lose, we're like, oh yeah, win some, lose some. And if we win, we're like, yeah, of course I won. You know, like, like all these weird things that happen in our mind to, to deal with losses and, and wins. And then... Now, all of a sudden, we know like, oh, but everybody will now have an opinion about this. Oh, but wait a minute. Now we're very protective on on, on how this will be portrayed and is it the right way? And, and because like you say, of course, it's one platform, right? But still, it will buck people out if somebody win, wins at a local jam and everybody agrees yo, he killed it, but he doesn't even make the prelims at a, at a high level event. Hmm. They think, yeah, but we still appreciate the same things, right? And so it shouldn't be that at an Olympic level, we appreciate other things. So I think this is a big worry of a lot of people. Yeah. Like, um, 
you know the, the whole discussion with uh, with Red Bull, of course, with uh, Flea and Sugar Kicks, and 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 then this whole oh, discussion yeah, yeah. was sparked like, yo, but that's the real breaking, and 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 you know that's exactly the kind of stuff that will not be appreciated in in, in Olympics because there they just look at somebody and score points, and then it got basically. It, 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 it got uh, balanced out a little bit because people were like, no, but this will be taken into account. How much feeling you put into it, how much dominance you have and blah, blah, blah. Maybe on a round for round thing, it will, it will, will not work out the same because that's the weird thing with Red Bull, of course, that you have like three rounds and then we don't know if people actually mark rounds or that you just go look at the general conversation. And be like, well, I thought that argument was better or better executed. You know, it's more yeah. abstract. But I don't know, man. I th- I think like, just imagine you have this task to 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 come to the IOC and say, yeah, this is the way we judge our dancer. Yeah, that's sure. crazy, sure. yo. Yeah, it's so, a big. No, I'm, I'm super impressed. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I think again, like. I think it's a great thing that people there's these things that that are forcing people to have a discussion because you've never had the discussion before or was always like you know with your i don't know whatever your little group or something like that but now some of these things it it was like a i don't know community-wide discussion yeah you know the olympics or you know flea and shigekics and that kind of thing style versus technique or these whatever kind of things yeah the classic right yeah but i like they should this should always be something that people will talk about like these kinds of things you know if you don't if you don't talk about them then you never dive deeper into what it actually is that we do and what's important and what's not important you know exactly and you never decide Ah. on a on a larger scale or like across like kind of what you were saying before with you know, these sort of talks are the things that glue us together and they're, they're what help us kind of decide what is what is still relevant in this dance or where should it go and this kind of thing. And like, we decide this together, right? Exactly, yo, but that's crazy, right? Like, for instance, let's take something funny, right? Like, um, let's go, I, I thought I predicted that people will, like the local hero will get an interview as soon as Olympics hits and, 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 Somebody will ask him like, yo, why you guys call it the breaking now? Because it used to be called breakdance, right? And then I was like, and I asked people like, you have an answer for that, you know? And I know a lot of the new generation, they don't give a fuck, you know? They're like, yeah, whatever name you use for what we do, as long as it, you point to what we do, then that's what we do, right? Um, and of course, like when I started, I saw that whole transition of this, I call it the Rocksteady Awareness Campaign, uh, when they start changing the name to b-boying yeah. and made it a verb because b-boy of course was like already from cool herc on like people were called b-boys that break to the breaks but then the verb b-boying I, I i think it's safe to say that that was like a 90s invention when they were like yo look what they did to our dance they raped our dance they, they portrayed it the wrong way yeah let and and I asked Lex about this several times, and he he basically said it was very a very poli- political decision to actually create awareness and make it something sound like something new. Yeah, just for people to be like, oh shit, yeah, I, I don't know anything about the culture, and and oh, I want this label of being an, a real b boy and blah blah blah. Yeah. 
So, and well, then I, I think the, Wiggles even mentioned this in like the Freshest Kids documentary, or whatever. They talk about this, where it's like, yeah, they switches, had an interview, yeah. and then and they, they came out and they said, oh, why did we call it breakdance? And then, and basically, like, right. they felt that it, it, it was changed, you know, and they yeah. blamed the media. So now breakdance is a media term, but that already has been like, yeah. uh, uh, like refuted because like yeah. some of the first generation people also called it breakdance, but yeah. that name just got like this thing about it that was negative, but yeah. it all makes sense. Right. But, so, but and then it's happening again too, with, with uh, the Olympics and like people are pushing, like it's not called breakdance. We'll call it breaking. It's yeah. like, it's not yeah. breakdance. It's breaking. And they're yeah. trying to be very clear about that and make it like, very clear. Yeah. You know, but this, this is I something yeah. exactly. Yeah communities taking ownership yeah. of this dance and protecting it. Yeah. Like, and, and it's funny, some people, it goes totally over their heads. They don't mm -hmm. even feel involved in the, in, the, in, in the conversation, even though they've been breaking for a long time. But I feel they don't realize this is what we're doing. We're trying mm -hmm. to protect what we feel is what we understand of it. And, and like the, the reason for the switch from b-boying to breaking was, of course, that the the b-girls were left out a lot of times like everything yeah, was called yeah, a yeah, b-boy yeah. battle and we do b-boying and yeah yeah i remember even i'm not sure i i always i still trying to look look up the footage i think it was asia one that will, once she was interviewed and she said yeah i'm beagle asia one and i do b-boying you know the indoctrination was that hard you know like yeah yeah this this was just the gospel right and then breaking makes sense but i remember the first time i heard breaking it, it reminded me of the west coast movies and i I was really disgusted by the fashion and all the shit and the, and the, the belly shirt. So I was like, no, no, that's that West Coast stuff. Yeah, but I love but, that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's it's gordy, bro. But yo. But I, I like I just like cheesy '80s movies. That's more what it. Oh is. shit! Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I was a bit more East Coast oriented. <laughs> I even even had trouble with 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 G Funk and 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 West oh. Coast rap. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I was sensitive to that. I don't know. So anyway, but um, <laughs> the thing is, so we changed it again. And, and yeah. I, I, at one point I made it, it's a timeline of how the name changed. And, and this happens with a lot of things that we care about, you know, like, like I think handicap people, handicap for, for calling somebody handicapped, it also changed into disabled. And as long as soon as that becomes a curse word, so people start, you know, using it negatively, they will come up with a new word just to get it rid yeah. of this negative connotation and i think that's just taking ownership you know yeah we well, should that's also just like the nature of languages too they ch things change all the time yeah and because of these kinds of things right this is one example of why a word would change or why a term would change yeah and and at the same time it's very special that we keep a name attached to something that's changing this much because this mm -hmm. dance now doesn't look like the sporadic Bronx style <laughs> yeah. and, the, and, and the James Brown splits and the corkscrews, you know, nothing like it. Yeah. So right. the fact that we still feel like, yeah, but there's a similarity because we still react to that sort of high part of the music and, and you know, it has this energy and that, that kept constant, you know, that's interesting, yeah. I think. Well, you, you kind of understand a bit more of what, what really makes breaking breaking, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, this is this is why, because I, I analyzed a little bit myself, like what my fascination with judging is to go back to the judging and the trivium question. Mm -hmm. And what I came up with is that 
within philosophy, that's what we always did, right? That's what they taught us. Like as soon as you want to understand the world and find truth, you know, you need to start out with definitions. What is what to make distinctions between, you know, and get get to the essence, get to the real sort of essence of something and, and take away all the noise. And, mm-hmm. and I try and do this with everything in my life for as far as it's possible, just to create some peace of mind. Yeah. And with breaking, it's, of course, it's exactly such a challenge. Like, yo, we all do this thing and we all feel connected because we feel we do the same. But then if you look closer, hmm, do we do the same, you know? Yeah, so for true. me, when they come up with a judging system we all agree on, yo, that's, that's, that's groundbreaking. That basically means we all have a common denominator that we feel like, yo, this captures it, yeah, you know? And yeah. that would be such an achievement, man. Yeah. And... Uh... Yeah, I think it will just be really interesting to see how it plays out and how uh, how that whole thing yeah. plays out. Yeah. No, totally, totally. And then at this moment already, there's a lot of emotion, right? Like like people are forming national teams. There's like people worldwide are figuring out what a breaking coach is because we never mm-hmm. had coaches. Yeah. Yeah. We have, you know, <laughs> we have people that basically schooled us or mentored us, but like a coach, you know, that's all new. Mm-hmm. And um, like I use this phrase, like I've been using it since since uh, the Olympics hit. That that my biggest mind switch was going from an athletic dancer, what I always viewed myself as, to now being portrayed as a dancing athlete. <laughs> and and I feel this is what we're now all getting used to. Like there's a, a little group that are even called the elite breakers, which I have trouble with. But um, the elite breakers, they treat themselves as athletes, right? Where the whole generation before us pretty much settled with dancer, you know? And I feel there's a pretty big difference between the motivation of a dancer and how a dancer gets satisfaction and an athlete. Because automatically, in my mind, athletes are, are, it's connected to results, right? And dancer is way more connected to satisfaction or something, you know, or something vague like that. So I even spoke to a a student that now started this breaking academy that we started, like this three-year vocational study. And she said, yeah, I do a lot of sports, but all the days that I I dance, I don't count that as sport. I was like, oh, that's so interesting. You know, like we have this super clear distinction in our mind, like sports are, are, you know, is meant for, results and blah 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 and that's what you have your coach for and that's what you sleep well for and eat well for and train well for you know and then dance now nah, man we're gonna fuck all that it doesn't matter how what time you you go to bed and and how much you drink and and, and if the music hits you have to go you know like all these irresponsible shit <laughs> it's all connected to dance right yeah. and i feel this is this is going to be a, a battle forever yeah because it's both right? well, yeah, i mean it's you look at what breaking is and where it comes from right and like those are imp- all important elements is like this expressive you know uh expressive kind of like party vibe to it and yeah. you know spontaneous kind of doing crazy things sometimes like against what you should be doing to your own body <laughs> that kind of stuff but well, at yeah. the same time yeah it's like this super athletic thing and it's and especially now it's becoming more and more well for a long time you know 
people always yeah. talk about this like you know is it a sport is it not a sport well i don't know some people talk about that but yeah. it's like it is and it isn't it has elements of it and it doesn't so I think you can lean harder that. into one yeah. side if you want and or you can lean harder into the other side but it's like it it is it's this weird gray area of it's like it's not one or the other it's it hybrid both. that's the yeah. thing it's freaking yeah. hybrid and and it's it can be all of those things at once and i think even the way we 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 uh, like if let's 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 take uh, zeku you know young guy now sponsored by monster training like a beast he can do whatever with his talent he can go for gold but he can also dance at some 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 pitbull concert or whatever you know as an entertainer and tata the same you know like he, he can be with rakim doing his thing on stage and at the same time win competitions at, at, at silverback you know like it's they can use their utilize their talent in so many ways you know and mm -hmm. after being on the peak of their their performance they can become like uh, knowledge distributors, you know, and, and pass on whatever they learned and how they got there and blah, 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 and, and become educators, you know, and that's what I try and tell students now that they do this breaking education, like, if I look at my invoices where they all go to nowadays, like, it's not that 90% of them I have to do headspins and windmills, you know, like, sometimes it's it's just passing on knowledge and and and, and, and creating uh, concepts and, and, and thinking of, of, of a dope festival setup or the lineup i use my network like all these things get rewarded and it's it's just like it's not the task of just an athlete and a sports person no man we're we can be the opening act and entertain you know and, and be in a commercial while the olympics is playing you know like we can be all these things at the same time it's 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 sick and then yeah. while you walk towards the stadium of the olympics there can be a street show on the corner of people doing breaking you know like yeah. we can be all those things it's dope yeah yeah right yeah there's a yeah it's one of the things that makes breaking or but especially breaking so much versatile. fun yeah so yeah. versatile so much fun yeah. um i think we got to cut it there yeah there's a lot more that we could talk we could probably keep talking for a long time i think but we'll have to do it again sometime yeah dope. Um, you know I, we didn't get a chance to talk about your uh you mentioned a little bit at the end, the little breaking, um, what do you want to call it? Breaking. Vocational study. Vocational study. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I can give like a little just short sure, sort of sure, thing, but that is sure. right. Because I think it's it's pretty unique and it's it and it, it connects to everything we talked about, you know, because I think. Um, what I personally proved to myself and what I now use as an example is that I can make a living of breaking, right? Right. And, 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 and just follow my passion and keep working on my craft and, 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 and transmitting whatever I have to share. Right. Um, so, um, I got this question like last October, uh, yeah, well, like one year ago, like of, of this school where I was already teaching, like it's an academy. They basically just, just teach dance all street style orientated. And I was like, for a long time, I was a breaking teacher there. Um, but she asked like, yo, I can start a new new year, new school year, like a, separate from, from the stand-up year we already have. And, and do you think it's possible to do a breaking, three-year breaking study? Hmm. And really just meant to prepare people for the possible work field they can end up in with breaking skills. 
And I was like, yo, that's such a daring thought, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, I wasn't even sure how the community would react, you know? Um, so I asked around everybody. I was like, yo, you think we can pull this off? Because like, until now, everybody got good in the training room. And then the people that found work, they, they apparently have some other skills in how to market themselves and, you know, do some street hustle. But is this something we can teach? And everybody's like, hell yeah, we can teach that, you know? Hmm. And we should teach that because that's the stuff you don't learn in the yeah. practice room. So yeah. that's what you need a school for, you know, to build your network, to see that you can go to theater, to entertainment, to competition, to building events. So that's what we did. We, we, we made a curriculum. We first consulted the whole community in Holland. Everybody like, like, yo, this is what we got offered. Do you think this can work? And like people like Menno or, and Nick and, and uh, like we and Rado and, and like there's a lot of people in our scene that are or in theater or in competition or whatever. They said, hell yeah, if you guys do it and, and we're all involved and we can we can bring our knowledge. Like Tyrone came and, and brought this knowledge about events and mm-hmm. we have DJs come on and and they're like, yeah, fuck, we can do this. You know, so that this is like a dope opportunity where people just basically are there the whole week. They're having classes on different topics. Uh, we built the year in four periods. So it's like foundation is the first period, then competition is the second period. And then um, stage performance is the third period. And then the fourth period is uh, community. And all of these things, we have like practical classes. So within foundation, we of course train their foundation, but we also give history classes, you know, just to get their knowledge up to level. Mm-hmm. We only accept students that already are breaking day in day out. We're not a dance school where you learn your first six step at the school, you know? You, you should already be like, yo, I want to do this the rest of my life or something, you know, or make this a career. Mm-hmm. That should be your mindset. Then second period with competition, we like have in the in the practical classes, we train them for competition. And they actually go to the gym also, you know, twice a week and guided by a personal trainer that is a B-boy, but he became a personal trainer. So he knows like which muscles you need to protect for injury, blah, blah, blah. And I, and I also talked in the theory classes about all the different judging systems that are out there and the different types of competitions that are out there and, and, and make them, you know, have their mind open up. And so because maybe they create the next event for us, you know, and come with a mm-hmm. totally different concept. So yeah. we don't know. Then stage performance is basically just to, to get counting and, 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 and spacing and, and, and group routines and all that stuff down and, and, and be under supervision of somebody that makes something and then get to know like the, the extras that you have in theater and lights and story and whatever, you know, like just another way to use your skills. Yeah. Um, and a community, we, we basically put education there. We put grassroots events there. We put, um, you know, running your own studio, having a crew, like all these sort of topics. And then these four periods, they repeat every three years or all the three years, but we, we, First, it's just information. Second year is more like like really getting your hands in it and, and, and mastering it. And the third year is like flipping it, right? Hmm. This is something we, we apply in every class, right? Like it's mastering, applying, and flipping. That's that's the way we learn in, in hip-hop in general. So you're not done until you flipped it. And you're not done until you, you can apply it to what you already have, you know? Yeah. So, bro, it's such a dope task. And, and, and we can invite everybody in Holland to, to come and teach classes. And, and the dope thing that's happening now is some, people, some of those people never prepared for such a group that have this kind of interest. They just did mm-hmm. it in general. Like I have a skill and I show you my skill and I learn you a few tricks. But right. now they get like in-depth questions. 
Right. So That's everybody's awesome. hype. Yo, it's 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 super sick and it's dangerous at the same time because then the people from the outside are like, oh, so you're preparing people to win goals? You know, like mm, no. <laughs> but you know, they get for instance intern points for going to events. How sick is that? Like they would already go to that that event, but now they can put so many hours of internship because that's where they gain experience or they mm. participate and they get even more. Or when they follow a workshop, they get even so many hours, you know, like, right, right. I don't know, man. It's, it's super, I'm super excited. And that's um, cool. yeah, it's dope. So that's, that's something we're working on. And it, it basically brings everything that I did together, you know, sort of, it, uh, did this start uh, at the beginning? You said it started like when remember. kind of COVID hit, right? Yeah, but that's the dope thing. Like education can continue, right? Yeah, right. Even physical classes, most of the year we've done all the classes just physical. Mm -hmm. And a few times, yeah, people got sick, of course. Right. I mean, where we are now with Omnicrom, apparently like like we, I just had it with my whole family and, and, and probably I was lucky, but it looks like most people just get it mild. Mm -hmm. So... It looks like we're, we're the end is near, but you never know, man. Maybe it's like this whole COVID thing is mad crazy. Yeah. Actually, that maybe for the people that are watching, like that's the reason also I, I, I was attracted to your talks because I feel that's a, a big, big bonus we got from this whole being locked down is that there started popping up so many talks and and these we already talked about it but these talks are so important you know mm -hmm. because like i've been watching all like a lot of lives on insta and and just interviews and for days and was and and yo this is such a gift because yeah yeah it's usually the talks that happen in the bar or after after party or exactly. in the hotel lobby you know and then they get lost you know but, this is um, the beauty of the internet that uh the scale is so much bigger that conversation yeah. that would have been two or three people, four people now, well, hopefully it's more than that. <laughs> exactly. No, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you're I right. I can keep on talking, but I think that that basically covers the, the initiative of the school. Yeah. But that's it's awesome. Create creative college breaking uh, super simple. Cool. And uh, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, I'm excited to see how that, you know, progresses over the years and how it evolves yeah. and stuff. So, yeah, we'll have to do it again sometime and we'll check in and see what's going on with that. <laughs> yeah. Dope, dope. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. I really, yeah, appreciate I really, really appreciate you coming on and just sharing all your your history and all your knowledge and experience and stuff. It's really cool. And uh, yeah, I hope people listening, watching, you got something out of it and you enjoyed it. And maybe when all this COVID stuff dies down you go out to amsterdam and kick it with your ski exactly. yeah man or the other way around you know we start yeah, or the driving. other way around exactly yeah uh, dope. dope yeah dope, but man. uh thank you again and uh yeah. we'll do it again sometime thanks everybody for listening and watching and we'll catch you in the next one peace Word. peace Thanks everybody for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the talk. If you like what you heard, please feel free to check out some of the older episodes and help spread the word about the podcast. If you really want to go that extra mile, please consider supporting on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash razzyf2, R-A-Z-Z-Y-F-2. Even as little as a dollar goes a long way and it means a lot to have your support. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on the next one.
Peace.